We never should have given Lin-Manuel Miranda money! It's the Going Off Podcast with Rap Critic and Muse. I was hesitant to talk about this uh, specific topic. <laughs> well, Because, like, you know, we, 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 we gave the album a good review, you know what I'm saying? That was like, like, what, <laughs> four years ago? Yeah, 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 true, true. And, and we didn't know anything about the... the, the <laughs> Who he was, his background, you know what I'm saying? We would have known. It was just like, oh yeah, hip hop history class. You know, that's kind of fun. Well, it's not like, you know, it's more just sort of like the concept of like, oh, hip hop opera. It's kind of cool, you know? The hip hopera, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh, uh, your boy Stiggy Fingers. Anyone remember that movie, Uh, A Day in the Life of? Oh, wow. No. No one remembers that one. That's like, as far as I know, like the first real, like, committed, uh, like, rap all the way through rap opera thing. Oh, it was by, shit. Yeah, Sticky Fingers from um from Onyx. He oh, uh, yeah. he made it sometime in the mid-2000s. It was sometime during, like, the Blockbuster era, because I remember, you know, like, you rent movies from Blockbuster randomly, and, you know, like, oh, we like to rent black movies, you know, every now and then, like, whatever sure. random, like, bargain bin, you know, black exploitation but modern-day movie there is there, you know? Yeah. And my mom was like, oh, hey, this is, like, hip-hop movie. I, I think you'd like it. And I was like, what the heck? Wait, Sticky Fingers? Oh, I actually should check this out. <laughs> and uh, I, I, it's basically, it's like, you know, it's the typical story you've seen a thousand times of like the drug dealer who just needs to do the one more thing before he gets out of the game you know Uh, but like it's still like really cool that they have the rapping all the way through because you have so many people on there like rapping that you would not expect to rap like uh i think bokeem woodbine is in there he does a really good job um uh phase on love is in there um let 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 me see i think michael rapaport uh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Let me see, because uh, there's one or two names that like threw me off. Hold on. Um... While you look that up, um, it's so funny because I tweeted that there's a lot of albums that I probably never would have listened to if it wasn't for the uh, the requests from listeners, and uh, this week is no exception. But um, it's funny that back in the day, Blockbuster and just like the video rental place was the I never would have seen this movie if I didn't randomly see it on a blockbuster shelf and thought, right. eh, why the fuck not? <laughs> and it's kind of a thing now, too, with Netflix, but you have to go out and look for it, so true, it's less true. likely. Uh, here are the names. So it's, uh, yeah, Bokeem Woodbine, Makai Pfeiffer, uh, oh, wow. Omar Epps, he- he's in there, <laughs> and uh, uh, Clarence Williams the Third. He actually, like, he shows up, like, as, like, this guy, you know, just old man giving advice sort of thing. And he's, like, actually really good. <laughs> My video rental experience as a kid was basically B-movie horror movies. <laughs> of course. So, like, I-, I never would have seen, like, Puppet Master if I didn't randomly <laughs> rent it at Blockbuster or, uh, or Sleepaway Camp. Mm-hmm. The the lost art of the hand painted movie oh. poster. Oh, it, it, right. Nowadays, all you get is the white background with two characters standing back to back. You know, with with the red letters. That's all you get for posters these days. <laughs> back then, they knew. 
that the video rental thing and like that fucking shelf appeal mm-hmm. of the what the fuck is that? And yeah, so- right. sometimes <laughs> it was not a one for one representation as to what the movie actually was or what it was gonna be like. But it yeah. fucking got you to pay that whatever, like five bucks or whatever, and either you fucking stumbled on some uh, buried treasure or uh, you find some horrible movie that just fucking sticks with you because of how fucking bad it was, and <laughs> it's a story you get to tell. But Lin Manuel yeah. Miranda, mm-hmm. um, when I first heard the story about when he was in high school and Immortal Technique fucking put him in a goddamn garbage <laughs> p- garbage bin. I thought that reflected poorly on your boy Immortal Technique, but you know what? I don't even need to know the context. Immortal Technique was 100% in the right because he fucking knew what an insufferable shitbag Lin-Manuel Miranda maybe was at the time, but definitely would eventually become. Well, the thing that I didn't know about him was how much of a, uh, what's that, a West Wing fan he was, and how much, like, people in, you know, democratic positions of power or whatever the hell were just like, oh my god, this guy who likes the hip-hop but also likes the West Wing? Yes, let's uh, let's invite him to do this, and let's bring uh, him on to <laughs> do the Ten Commandments for voting for Hillary or whatever the fuck it was. Look, I, I remember hearing. You remember that song "Fight Song" by what was it like Rachel? Yeah, this is this my is... fight. The most un like motivating fight song ever. Oh, but then when I heard that she recorded a verse specifically for the Hillary campaign, for oh, it to no. be like, yeah, yeah, for it to be like used at rallies and shit like that, I was like, all what? right, what? if it gives it <laughs> that. <laughs> Is it the, uh, uh, only got high, high hopes for the limit? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, why do they choose these songs? Like, these what? songs that, See, like, everyone already kind of thought was corny, but then you just, like, just killed it through making it, like, associating it with your campaign. But, but dude, that's the thing. I don't think Pete picked that song. I think that was just his oh, no. fucking voter base. <laughs> no, I don't no, think, uh, they, I don't think they Pete chose had that a song because. That, they chose that song because uh, uh, it was like a part of his dance that he was doing or something like that. There was like I don't some think sort he of ever like high hopes. Yeah, it was like a high hopes dance, and because I remember there was an issue <laughs> people with like just made up that dance, dude. No, yeah, because people were making fun of it, and then like one of the people that like works. Like, one of the Twitter accounts or something like that, that's, like, oh. for him. Because it was like, for you to uh, make fun of the dance is actually uh, ableist, because uh, that dance was made to be done for uh, everyone, and, you know, it was made to be accessible for everyone, so to make fun of it is actually ableist. Oh. It's like, what in the oh. hell is this? <laughs> that is a weird turn for that to take. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, But Lynn. back to Lin-Manuel Miranda's ass. <laughs> Your boy, Lynn. I was just thinking of him making... You know, the, the Hamilton opera and how it sort of, like, whitewashes the, the slavery. Specifically, we know it because when he married, like, the Scott into the Schuyler uh, family and how, like, they had slaves and he, like, helped them with that. And it's just like, oh, yeah, maybe, you know, deep down he felt really bad about it, but that doesn't really matter as opposed to what he materially did. You know what I mean? Like... I wish I had the specifics, but there was a play or a musical that opened up around the same time as Hamilton... Um, that was basically just calling Lin-Manuel Miranda a fucking fraud. Yeah, I saw it. Uh, I think Vice did a, like, a piece about it, and then I looked it up and was like, oh, this is actually, like, 
legit. Like, you know, they were doing just like a joke. Like, wow, this guy's got something to say about the popular piece. But then you look into it, it's like, this guy's actually right. Like, you know, if he was just like, uh, you know, if Hamilton was just a guy who, you know, was doing his best to help the founding of the country and he never really directly had anything to do with slavery, but, you know, it was around, but, you know, he was doing his job and maybe if he could, he could, but no, it was just like, in, if you watch the Hamilton show, it's just like, oh yeah, and I'm trying to do something about slavery too, like, every now and then there's a live engine there, and then it's like, look into the reality, it's like, no he wasn't, not really, <laughs> you know, he's like, he was making lots of bank off of it, <laughs> You know what I mean? And so, like, it's that specific whitewashing of, like, the fact that that guy was manipulating a system that was still treating, like, poor black people badly, but then acting like he's not in the show. Now, whether or not that makes, like, you know, there's that conversation of whether or not that makes it a good show. And I think about it, like, I think it's a sort of Pocahontas situation. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where it's just like, you can think it's a good, enjoyable, you know, beautifully made movie, but you can't deny <laughs> how they kind of tried to smooth over some shit. Going from that five-star review we fucking gave on the podcast for the album, as soon as it fucking hit Disney+, Plus, I had zero interest in watching <laughs> like, it. Like, yeah, by the time it got to this point, Disney My waited God. too long. <laughs> I'm so fucking over it. And, and, you know, I think it's funny because... I, I I remember it being a little quick that Disney like was do was fucking with Lin Manuel. Like I remember it was like, yeah. oh Hamilton's a hit, and oh yeah, didn't he do something before? And then wait, wait, he's doing two movie movies with Disney. Wait, what's going on? Like you know, and I think I think there was a bit of a game recognized game there. Like oh yeah, you know you 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 do a little bit of a you know you, you're good at a uh, you know whitewashing a little history and making it look a little nice and fun and clean too, huh? You, yeah, you know you you did the founding fathers though. Yeah, we wouldn't go to touch that one. <laughs> Smarter, more informed people than I could give you the inside information about some of the policies in foreign countries that Lin-Manuel Miranda has kind of backed that make him an exceptionally shitty person, but I don't have oh. the specifics of that and how mm. his uh, Puerto Rico charity is, is kind of shady. Oh, what we're yeah, talk I heard about, about that, specifically yeah. is a clip that was brought to my attention very recently that I had to share. From some rally, I don't know when it was, but the doing a parody of the Ten Commandments for <laughs> what dueling? What the hell? That fucking yeah, it, the, yeah, the Ten Duel Commandments, you ten know, Ten Duel Commandments, but... yeah. Mm -hmm. And they changed the lyrics for it to be about uh, to be about voting for Hillary in 2016. And yeah, so so originally it's the Biggie Small song, the the Ten Crack Commandments. That he flipped it into the Ted Duel Commandments, but Ugh. but see f to get political for the times, you know, Ugh. he's gonna make it about Hillary and, and the ten things to do. A lot of people go back and look at <laughs> Pokemon Go to the polls as being oh! like oh, the I worst thing that. about oh. the twenty. Look, this video, if more people saw it, would be <laughs> yes! the go-to. <laughs> this. Blows Pokemon <laughs> Go to the polls 
out of the fucking water. Yeah. No, I remember when I saw it, I remember thinking like, wait, why isn't this more embarrassing? Like, why isn't this being brought up more? <laughs> this is awful. But yeah, no, I remember Pokemon going to the polls being such like a moment of just like, like, you know, up to that moment, up to that point, it was just like, all right, here's this person who's being kind of annoying, but here's the person we have to vote for. And then we went like to hear that out of that person. It's just like, you, you have the record scratch in the turn, like, Oh, come on. You couldn't have thought that was good. <laughs> we had Pokemon go to the polls. We got, I keep hot sauce in my bag. And you know what's the weird thing about that one? She actually does. Like, that was a real thing that she actually did. Oh, like, no. But the timing <laughs> was just so unfortunate. Yeah, exactly. And so she was just like, I'm playing it up to be cool. Like, see, that now that I'm on the black station, like, remember that lyric? And this is like the thing I do. And so it's like, it just came off as silly, even though it was true. I feel like she didn't even know about the lemonade line. Mm -hmm. I feel you like know, she just said that, and they were like, oh, like fucking lemonade. And she was like, haha. Uh, what? I don't know, man. <laughs> How about, you know, you be a uh, presidential candidate with uh, policies that you can actually, you know, talk to black people about that's going to transformatively, you know, do something uh, uh, to, to, to motivate them to, you know what I'm saying, vote for you instead of just you know, do, doing these little meme jokes to be like, oh, look, you know, like like what you did with the Spanish people. Just like, oh, I'm like your abuelita. Oh. <laughs> We all know like, Lemonade's the fucking greatest album of the year, Hillary. We don't need this fucking joke to drive the actually, point home. He actually promised things. <laughs> and it's like we go we, we go back to a lot of things that were fucking cringy about the oh, about the whole affair. Nation, uh what was what was the girl? <laughs> the other girl? Linda Dunham? <laughs> What did she do? Oh, oh. the fucking pantsuit. <laughs> no! Oh, the fucking rap. We okay, yeah. The god. Oh. oh. Poison. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I want a documentary about the 2016 election, but not in the context of a documentary how it is of, like, a not narrator. Not like a history and... channel. No, <laughs> no. I just want it to be... A giant compilation of unedited clips just put back to back to back <laughs> in a timeline that show you how bad things got, how fast they got that bad. <laughs> right. <laughs> and just the the complete unawareness of the entire thing that we seriously right but I don't think enough people remember this. Right. Before the election, they fucking did a mannequin challenge on a plane. I remember that, and I was so furious. They I thought, they're like, why are you doing? Stop joking! <laughs> we've we've randomly got Bon Jovi on the plane for some reason. Have him pull out his guitar, and we're randomly gonna do a mannequin challenge. For those who don't remember what the mannequin challenge was, mm. for those who tried to block out the year 2016 out of their <laughs> collective memories altogether, it's where he just stood in place for, uh, for like a minute while Black Beatles? Almost as if a metaphor for how they're not doing anything. <laughs> yeah. It was Black Beatles, the song yep. for the meme, right? Okay. <laughs> I, I just, oh god, it's I need just, a fucking... Wow. <laughs> I, I need a I need a click and drag 
<laughs> game of which song went to which famous meme in 2016 that, okay, <laughs> oh, which fucking nice meme game. used the, <laughs> I think of you, the fucking my boo. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> was it my boo? Was it in my feelings? Was it? <laughs> oh fuck! Oh my god! Oh man! Anyway, what, what, uh, what, what were we saying about Limit Well Moran? Is that you know <laughs> we, we weren't done with him? <laughs> I, I don't even know how to present this other than just playing the clip. <laughs> Oh man, just, yes, just play the clip. Number three. Watch Hillary examine the terrain. Watch a campaign with the man Tim Kaine. Ah, Tim Kaine in the membrane. Tim Kaine in the brain. They fucking, they fucking tried it. It happens so early in the song that so much happens after that. And the whole time you're going, no, 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 stop, stop. Stop. We're not addressing what you just did, and I feel like it's just a big elephant in the room, and we're just gonna sidestep around that? No. Like, like that has almost, to be addressed. Like, it might have been improv, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh, oh, Tim fuck Kane. Me. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna throw this, I'm gonna throw this one out there. I, f I figured out a rhyme for his name. That's gonna, <laughs> that's gonna jolt him. Oh, he came up with a rhyme for Tim Kane's name. Didn't Tim Kaine try to do some Lil Wayne joke? Lil like Kane. I was like, oh, yeah. And it's just a like, little, I'm, I'm T Kane or some shit. And it's like, we know that you are out of touch politicians <laughs> who don't give a shit and are doing this shit to look cool. And it makes you look so uncool. <laughs> I don't even know how many people saw this, but in 2008, we got to bring it back a little bit. There was an episode of Monday Night Raw because. WWE was really, really heavily involved in the twenty uh to the uh, two thousand eight election for some reason. They had pre-recorded clips of Obama, Hillary, and John McCain addressing the uh, the WWE universe as they are referred to, as to why you should go out and uh, vote for them. They all tried to tie in like puns and plays on their name. I'm Hillary Clinton, but tonight, in honor of the WWE, you can call me Hillrod. This election is starting to feel a lot like King of the Ring. The only difference, the last man standing may just be a woman. It's all the forces of division and distraction that have stopped us from making progress for the American people. I've got one question. Do you smell what Barack is cooking? If you want to be the man, you have to beat the man. Come November, it'll be game over. And what you gonna do when John McCain and all his McCainiacs run wild on you? The going off boys are back in full effect. <laughs> like you wouldn't believe. What? And Which? <laughs> the Randy Newman album comes last, right? Oh, we're breaking the mold. Okay, oh, yeah, okay that's fine. <laughs> It's the experience you, I think we're going to want to talk about more. <laughs> okay, okay. I, I am on board with that. So instead, we're going to shift gears to Ted Z, who requested Atmosphere Seven's Travels. Mm-hmm. We are back again to Atmosphere. We reviewed uh, the album Fishing Blues. Yes, I remember. Some, some years back. Like I think that was also the episode we talked about the... Uh, you gotta eat commercial. Uh, I yeah. think that's 
think that's how I remember that episode more. More so than mm-hmm. the Atmosphere album, because unfortunately not a lot of that album uh, stuck with me. Not a lot of memorable uh, I remember stuff. The, the Fishing Blues song was really good. I, I don't remember it being a bad album. I just think, like, in general, he has a very water-like sound, and that's weird to say, but it's like, it's a very, like, it's very chill, but it's chill in a way where it's just like, it's not that it's not good, it's just like, you could... It's possible to not identify with him because I don't think his music, like, pops out in a particularly, like, flashy way. You know what I mean? He's part of the college white guy who's into really, into real hip-hop starter pack. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to listen to, you know, the crunk stuff. Like, I'm listening to this guy who's talking about, like, his feelings and, you know, the the beats don't sound really, like, big and loud. He sounds like, you know, he the, the rapper made him himself, you know, but it's personal and, you know what I mean? Like... <laughs> it's that sort of thing. But but it's cool at the same time. It's that Aesop Rock sort of uh, territory. You know what I mean? I, I was going to mention Aesop Rock, but I didn't want to insult Aesop like that. Well, yeah, I uh, mean, Aesop Rock is way more dense. And, you know, I, I want to use the word intelligent in a way that's demeaning to, to him, uh, to Atmosphere. But, like, to all you slug. listen to an Aesop Rock song and you're like, all right, this guy's definitely smarter than me. <laughs> so when we reviewed Fishing Blues, that album was uh, brand new. I think it just came out. Uh, yeah, so we yeah. were on top of that one. This one is considerably older. I think it's like 2003. Mm-hmm. It's old as fuck. Um, what were your uh, general takeaways from a, a a little deeper of a dig in the discography of oh, yes. Atmosphere? Um. Well, as, like, yeah, someone who, like, I had friends in college who listened to him, and it was always that sort of thing of, like, oh, yeah, he makes really interesting songs, but it's just never been, like, I've never specifically been, like, motivated enough to, you know, Google search for through his discography, you know what I mean? Like, as far as it's, like, I recognize this guy's talented, and whenever I hear something, I'm just like, oh, yeah, of course this is good. And, like, there actually have been uh, songs I listened to, I remember... Uh, back when I used to review albums on this, uh, on this old, like, text website. Oh, yeah. Um, there was a guy who, you know, it, it reviewed a bunch of underground albums that actually, like, introduced me to a bunch of stuff, and Atmosphere was one of them. So, yeah, I do remember listening to, I think it was, like, When Life Gives You Lemons, You Paint That Shit Gold, or something like that. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just getting into his style of this sort of, like, offbeat, like, you know, the painfully honest, you know, like white guy who like but that emotion is what like allows you to sort of push past the sort of cheesier elements of his music and in fact he leans into that partially in in a way of showing you that ugliness it's kind of a like kanye west sort of thing but way more controlled you know like kanye west will make a line where he's like isn't it crazy that i'm acting like this and like you know but it'll be like way over the top but with him it fits his idea of like Oh man, isn't it crazy that I keep obsessing over this stupid shit, you know? But like, but I'm still writing this song about this because I think it's important, but I'm still going to point out how it's stupid that I'm worrying about this sort of thing. You know, like it's the, that little really getting into the intricate moment and nuances of emotion that he's going through. You know what I mean? So, are you fucking with this album? Uh, <laughs> I, I figured we would just cut to the chase. Um, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> that dude, dude, Darren. I think that's being a little too nice. <laughs> uh, oh no! I was not in? fucking with this. I was not fucking with this. Um, 
when Not you at mentioned all. <laughs> when you mentioned the chilled layback atmosphere, I would have loved that <laughs> instead of this tough guy machismo act. Oh, you know on. you're right. That angle is Fuck, in there. <laughs> that is so embarrassing. And oh it feels my incongruent with the actual honest like songs that he has. You know what I mean? Man, I, I think every single time, whether he's the main attraction or when he's featured, I never fuck with Slug. I'm always mean to Slug, and I don't mean to. It just happens that way. <laughs> like, okay, do you? We we reviewed a uh um, what's his name? The the guest rapper, the dude who's um um albino. Oh, come fuck. on, man, what's his name? <laughs> well, first of all, you gave me a third of a second to think of it. Uh, no, um, I'm just like, no, I'm just thinking like, damn it, one of us has to know. <laughs> no, fucking <laughs> the. God uh, damn it. Rapper. How many other albino rappers do you know? <laughs> I kept wanting to say Action Bronson, but it's not him. It's the uh, other no. <laughs> it's the other dude well, who's the other bald <laughs> bearded guy. Uh, that's oh, long Brother Ali. Brother Ali! <laughs> yes! Yeah! His, his name feels like it should be something else. <laughs> it was like I felt like it was like more intricate than I was like, Brother right. Ali. <laughs> that's why I was forgetting it. Because it but, was yeah. so oh. It's, it's a pretty common name. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, I remember listening to that album, and, like, there there was a song where Slug was on it, and it was supposed to be, like, the, oh, you know this Slug guy, and you, you know Brother Ali, so here, here's the dynamic duo, you know, trading bars back and forth. It was just kind of like, I mean, uh, okay. <laughs> and this was <laughs> the right. exact same feeling. <laughs> and it was yeah. just like, oh, no. <laughs> We're just like... I like because it's like they're not fully brag rapping. They're more just like detailing things, but in a really tough way that like yeah. has brag raps every now and then. But it's just like not in a way that feels like it's just like like you know like a sort of Wu Tang. Oh fucking, we're just spitting these barbs at you, and it's so crazy and insane. It's just kind of like okay, that was kind of good. But wh wait, what were you talking about? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I have this written down specifically for uh trying to find a balance. Um, because I was digging the the bass guitar. Yeah, I really love the production on that one. Until until the lyrics started, and this fucking self-inflated, self-grandizing <laughs> atmosphere finally made a good record. Yeah, right. That shit almost <laughs> sounds convincing. Yeah. Almost, um, see, but but you see what I mean, where you know, uh, dear listener, as you're like listening to this album, like the type of artist that this guy is, it's like the oh man, isn't he just like just pushing this emotion in your face? That that's so like uh, uh what is the it's word? Fucking bug hunter again? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Like I got it. I got such a shitty thing. voice that you're gonna right. hear me sing for another half of the album. Like oh exactly. man, exactly. Uh, or, or uh, get real, they tell me. If only they knew how real this life really gets, they would stop acting like a silly bitch. They would respect the cock whether or not they believed in it. Oh, man, <laughs> they don't want like, the old Drake. What the fuck? Did you say respect the cock like the fucking Tom Cruise character from Magnolia? <laughs> I have written down that the opening verse from Slug is like getting her head dunked in a toilet, then pulled out for only a few seconds before going right back in. Because it gives you a really shitty line, followed by, like, a slightly less shitty line? Yeah. So it's, so it's like, <laughs> yeah, your head's out of the toilet, 
but it's still near the toilet, so it's still <laughs> right. not that great. It's not like, in the water, but it's still um, it's still below the seat. It's just not in the water mm. anymore. And uh, I just had I just sampled this whole bit. I had huh? to quote this whole bit. Oh, <laughs> because it's so bad. Doesn't take much, and that's messed up because these people do a lot of simple shit to impress us. While everyone trying to outdo the last man, I was just a ghost trying to catch some Miss Pac-Man. Oh, hello, ma'am. <laughs> Would you be interested in some sexual positions and emotional investments? See, I'm not insane, and in fact, I'm kind of rational. When I be asking, where did all the passion go? East coast, west coast, down south, midwest. Nowadays, everyone know everyone knows how to get fresh. Someone give me a big yes. God bless America, but she stole the bee from Bless and kept it. Now I'm too fucked up to dance. So I'm going to sit with my hand down the front of my pants. You can't achieve your goals if you don't take that chance. So go pry <laughs> open that trunk and get those amps. I'm going to sit with my hand in the front of my pants. Followed by, I mean, you know, opportunities don't come to you if you don't take the chance. <laughs> like, what? I, um... Just that fucking line. Just that line as he said, Hello, ma'am. Would you be interested in some sexual positions and emotional investment? What the fuck is that? Like, there's like a Karis One reference. Yeah, that I'd forgotten to mention. In fact, I'm kind of like, rational. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, Huh, that's kind of. <laughs> but but then, yeah, like you said, like, really do anything like, with it. But yeah, yeah, he doesn't do anything with it. Yeah. Like. If you would have said, you know, I'm not insane. In fact, I'm kind of rational. And then maybe made like a second a like KRS One reference in the second yeah, or line. some sort of reference to the idea of like uh, uh, why you you're know. referencing KRS One. Yes, you know, like <laughs> why you're just throwing it in there suddenly, like we wouldn't notice in such a like big and like long furled out way. Yeah. But this album does what uh, Todrick did also on that album we reviewed, where there's an ongoing theme of being on a plane because it's Seven's travels, but they don't really do anything with that either. No, and uh, in fact, like the it, like I remember enjoying. Um, there was one album we listened to, and it was like these rappers from all over, like Asia or something like that. Eighty-eight uh, keys, I think. And 88 Rising. Like, 88 Rising, yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, that's kind of cool. At the beginning, you kind of hear the, the flight attendant, like, you're now arriving in China. It's like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like Some fucking Street Fighter 2 shit. It just plays it for such a long amount of time, the sort of, like, pilot in the front uh, telling you about this happening. And it's just like, okay. But, you know, listening back to the album again, it's just like, yeah, why was that there? <laughs> like, I understand it's Seven's Travels, and I'm guessing it's to convey that, you know... He's such a globetrotter, he's on tour, but it doesn't really give you a feeling of what it's like to be... Like, if that's what he was going for, of like, man, I stay on these planes because I keep going all over the place and I'm doing all these shows, I'm so busy. But there's really no point to it. Like, mm. if there would have been, like, a maybe an interaction he has on the plane that gives you a feeling of, like, how tired and bored with touring he is or something. Yeah, Something yeah, that gives yeah, a gives reason as moment. to why I'm on the plane with him. Mm -hmm. There's no reason, really. And there's so many clips on this album. There's the clips of the, the people on the plane. And then there's... I don't know if it was my headphones or what. You, you're going to have to let me know if this was on your end, too. That there were so many times where there was, like, parts at the beginning or ends of songs that I just 
couldn't make out what was being said. Uh, I think I remember that happening, too. Like, there's, like they would be talking, like, he'd be talking or doing, like, a little intro, like, rapping. Yeah. But it would be a different sound quality than the rest of it, and I wouldn't know why that was there either. Like, I can barely hear it. Yeah. Um, go- going to the next song... Mm. Bird sings why the caged I know. <laughs> the most probably the most pretentious title. Oh fuck. <laughs> like, what what the fuck are you even doing? <laughs> He's acting like a tough guy in a song about a bird outside his window that's pissing him off. Like my thing is it's like these are supposed to be like character piece songs, right? Where it's like yeah. this is you, <laughs> this song is actually like representing how he's angry about that bird's freedom and how he wants to tear, you know, destroy that bird because he's he's jealous of the freedom that it has to be able to fly. You know what I'm saying? And so yep. it's sort of getting at that. But it's just so, like, emotionally overwrought the way it's delivered. You know what I mean? He's so mad. Chip, 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 chip. You think you're better than me? And it's just like, that phrase is just so ridiculous. Like, uh, do you ever watch that, uh, there's that Rick and Morty episode where someone's like, what, you think you're better than me? No one's better than me. <laughs> it's just like, that's the only type of person who would say that. The type of person is like, no one's better than me. <laughs> so how dare you think you're better than me? <laughs> I think if you were to be like, oh yeah, this is like a one minute thing. Like a like a little throwaway thing to give me this idea because it's not a bad idea. I like where he's going yeah, with that. A lot of these aren't bad ideas, you know. Instead, it's a three minute long diss song to a bird. Like that's what it comes off as eventually. And there's a little bit of like throat singing that happens at the end. Like I kind of liked it, honestly. I kind of wish it was like a little louder, but uh, I guess he's like you know he. Again, he's this quiet artist that's very, you know, all the beats are very, like, reserved. You know what I'm saying? Like, everything is just dampered down a little bit, you know? And with that, I don't understand why this album does the thing that's... It's annoyed me on the last few albums we've done. Where the song will end with, like, a minute and a half to go. dude. And it's okay when it was Raekwon, and it's like, yeah, these beats are fucking... You know, Rizzo, right. so yeah, I want to listen to it. Exactly. Why do I need to hear this boring-ass beat for another two minutes? There was one track where I was like, dude, no, stop this beat. Yeah, I wish uh, I remembered which one it was, but I definitely recall having that exact same feeling. <laughs> let, let me let me look at the track listing, because I'm going to see the link. I know I had that on this one, on the fucking <laughs> bird song. I know I had that. Fucking lifter puller. Oh yeah, Jesus yeah, yeah, yeah! Christ! It's a six-minute track. Six first of all, minutes. that repeats a lot, and you gotta listen to this beat for, and it's not that great. Like it's one of those things you want to turn to the producer and just like, why do you, why do you keep playing this? Is, is this exciting? <laughs> like, oh man, we just gotta let the beat ride out on this one because they're just gonna be like, yo, this shit is so crazy. I just need to hear it. I just need to drown myself in the quirky nothingness of what this beat is. 
you know? And then, okay, so yeah, Lifter Puller. Oh, this shit was like a fucking zero. All of these songs are like these weird little mini stories. And some of them just kind of go nowhere. And this one went the least of anywhere. Like, <laughs> like, it starts off making it clear that it's about some sort of relationship. But then by the time it gets to the end, like with the way it ends the, the verse about the relationship, it's just so vaguely worded that it's just like, what? Like, like you're setting this up and it's like, is it supposed to be abusive? Or do they not like each other? Are, are they happy with each other and just trying to figure it out? Or, like, I'm just given nothing. Like, the last uh, couple of lyrics is like, and each time they mix up the ingredients, they recheck the recipe to see maybe they're reading it incorrectly. Collect me, consume me, release me, snuggle. Two geniuses putting together the pieces of a blank puzzle. It's like, what? Huh? Are they... So is it okay, or are they gonna be okay? <laughs> and and the freaking like thing that's said Can I afterwards, go? yeah, and the little like you know repeated part that's done afterwards is like every time I chase a squirrel, it rips apart my world, oh. and I'm like, what? <laughs> like, All right, I, man. <laughs> you know, it's just so vague, but trying to be so artsy, and and like I said, the two extra minutes of just like nothing new happening except for the hook and that little part right there. It's just like, what is the significance of focusing on this so long? Like, you didn't even end the story well, and now you just want me to sit here for two extra minutes? And, you know, like, it was just so annoying. <laughs> National Disgrace was another one like that, where I actually thought it was okay. Um, I, like, I like that one. I genuinely like that one, actually. I liked that you know, there was the like a mouth harp and shit. going on. Yeah, it had a lot of interesting sounds in that one. But man, again, it just like really makes you sit with that beat. And it's re it's really repetitive. Like, mm -hmm. even the tracks I wanted to like, he made it really hard for me to enjoy. Um, I did find myself liking the album a little bit more towards the end. Um, I thought Always Coming Back to You might be the best one, especially of his, like, storytelling yeah. tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, and even the, uh, the bonus track, the, uh, yeah, called I, I like Shh, was okay. It was sort of nice. It's, again, like, was this guy from, like, Minneapolis, just m middle of the country state Oh, yeah, place. fucking flyover state. <laughs> Missouri yeah. or something. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, he's like, so, so, yeah, the little secret hidden song is like, hey, everyone's always making songs about California, so how about we make the song, a song about, you know, all the states that, you know, nobody cares about. And, and it's like, it's just so makes sense. Like, by the time you get to this point, like, he has a, you know, he has a personality that I think is enduring and engaging as you listen to it. So it's like, when you get to this song where it's kind of like, yeah, I'm this, like, chill guy who's kind of standoffish, but, but I do care about things, and fuck it, I'm gonna make a song about, like, the cities no one's gonna make a song about, like, yeah. <laughs> and the funny thing is, like, the idea of the refrain being, like, if you're from the little states, say shh. <laughs> like, that being the refrain on top of, like, you know, just the idea of this weirdly... It's not even that he's, like nonchalant because he is weirdly emotional <laughs> at points but he's yeah. just oddly aloof and standoffish with how he like presents himself you know i gotta also mention that he presents himself as a really unlikable guy okay so there's one song on here where you know i think uh we were listening to uh another album one time and uh, i think it was jordan lucas and it was just like 
Oh yeah. Know, okay, so we're listening to Joyner Lucas, and we're supposed to be, you know, endeared to his experience. But then you hear like a voicemail, you yep. know, and that'll just be like, "You're an asshole, and you left your kid, you know, at the pool or something like that." And you like, you know what I mean? Like you threw up at my best friend's birthday party and didn't apologize, and then you like dry humped my mother and something like that, you know. <laughs> and then the next song will be like, "But I'm getting my money, and I don't give a fuck, and I'm doing what I wanted." Like, whoa, hold on. <laughs> Yeah, wait we a second, got, dude. We just got confirmation outside of your perspective that you're a pretty shitty person. Are you gonna like, <laughs> like, levy anything back against these claims? Or are you just gonna be like, well, anyway, now that you know that, here's more information. And the, the song "Suicide Girls." That's what it was. Yep. Mm-hmm. It was the absolute worst. Like the first minute is just like a yeah. beat going. While his ex or someone is complaining at him, but all these things, he's like, "You fucking asshole! Um, I just finished cleaning the vomit out of my car. I'm so fucking pissed at you. Uh, I could rip your arms off and fucking beat you. I don't even want to fucking talk to you anymore. Like, I don't know what your deal is. I called you 15 times and you just won't answer. And uh, you know, y- you fucked up and you, like you pissed in my fish tank. You're you know fucking full of shit. You leave a trail of destruction. And then you get." <laughs> Like, you know, this is some pretty hyperbolic shit, you know? It's like multiple women all just co- <laughs> all in agreeance that slugs suck shit. And, and then, then it's like, hey, everybody, here's slug. I don't want... it's. You know what it is? It's that fucking... A small puppy, not unlike Lassie, was just run over in the parking lot. <gasps> and now it's time for the comedy stylings of Homer Simpson. Are you ready to laugh? That poor dog. I said, are you ready to laugh? Quiet, you awful man. (laughs) That's what I'm thinking about Slug of like, I don't fucking need to hear from you. I know you, dude. You can go. As someone who's listened to the album, like, I'm imagining that clip playing. <laughs> Go away, you horrible man! <laughs> it's like I already don't like up. you, and now this real, and now this settles it. My my opinion of you was not unfounded. The first thing he says is like, I can't imagine some of the things that you've seen, city to city, with no spot to sleep. I know she will run with opposable thumbs. She's trying to overcome the laws of the land, and it's just like, I'm sorry. These women just said that you just, like, vomited, like, in their car and just fucking are leaving a trail of destruction. Do you want to... You got anything to say to that? <laughs> what, what is all this shit he's talking about? Uh, uh, uh what, what does he say? He says, um, uh, who could it be now? Here she comes with an eve of her tongue in the game that she runs. Little girl dolls never get lost. Pay the cost. Embrace the flaws. Let her get tossed in the back of a midsize. Try to look at life through those kids' eyes. What? A jackpot? Jackpot? That's in quotes. Sometimes you gotta let go if you wanna get votes. But fuck the votes. I spit towards the clouds. A bullet in your head sits still aloud. And like, I... You're trying to do this abstract rap shit, and I'm still trying to figure out why are you okay with literally just playing clips of them talking shit about you? Like, what? <laughs> why did you want me to hear that if you had nothing to say about it? <laughs> Suicide Girls would be the the worst track on the album, but one is worse, I think, and that's Los Angeles. The 
They're fucking stupid as small town boys. Opinion of the big city. (laughs) Oh, he's gonna take his uh, take his straw out of his mouth and give you a piece of his mind. Well, I'm just a simple country (laughs) asshole. As he pulls the suspenders from his chest, Um, I'm gonna give a tiny, uh, a tiny, a tiny content warning for what I'm about to read for uh, blatant transphobia. Uh, so skip oh a couple my seconds. God. So unnecessary. <laughs> L.A. to some is hell, but to some it's play. Pay the cover and charge and watch what you say. The Barbie dolls talk. Body parts come off. And I think she's a he. Stop. Look how it walks. Slug. Yeah. Slug. And- it's oh. real bad, dude. And, and then at the end of the song, like, you know, so, you know, he's t- had these lyrics about, like, oh, yeah, you know, these dizzy uh, broads and bimbos, you know, on the L.A. Strip uh. or whatever. And then at the end of the song, like, you hear this woman talking and she's saying something that sounds like, you know, fake deep. She's, like, obviously this drunk woman, you know. She's like, oh, well, you know, I'm like the Jezebel and I'm, like, you know, teaching about things. And, you know, uh, people are, like, having a laugh at her experience. Like, oh, Jezebel, more like Jezebelly. And it just, like, cuts off Ugh. there, and I'm just like, what? Like, I just didn't understand. It was like, was she fat or something? Like, I'm not, I, was, I wouldn't have been able to tell that, because I'm just listening to music, Slug, so you gotta... Is this like Ninja Sex Party, where you need to watch the music video to get some of the <laughs> right. context? Because there's, like, audio yeah, cues. Like, it just feels like you're just laughing at this drunk girl, and also I don't know what she's I'm looking fat. at. <laughs> like... It's like oh, Throw oh, that in okay. for good measure, too. Ha ha. Cats Van Bags. Oh, yeah. That uh-huh. that was the track with, uh, yeah, the tag team duo of Brother Ali and Slug. Oh, where- yeah. The only thing that was good about having Brother Ali on that cut, because I didn't even think he did very well on that track either. I, I think he did better than Slug. Well, that's that's exactly it, was that we only need to listen to Slug half of the song instead of the <laughs> that- whole song. <laughs> it was a respite. It was a, yes. it was a little change of pace, a little break from Slug. And yeah, I'll I'll take it where I can get it, I guess. Um, and the hook was just so weird, just like discombobulating. Just let the wheels spin, let the road shake, let the speakers oh, yeah. go. <laughs> With the <sighs> the growling bass going on in the background, I'm just like, is this supposed to be a posse cut or is it supposed to be like? Because they're like randomly talk about deep shit, but it's not like battle raps, you know? Like, mm. like Brother Ali's like, take a map of this picture and throw a dart at it. That's where we took a room back full of kids and threw, uh, and threw our heart at it. Angry like a hostage, kicking like a little bitch in one of them dibs mosh pits. Uh, shifting through your city limits, trying to find the raw shit. Thread a needle with it and weave a word of heads together till we get them car sick. Like, that's like fucking ill shit, but like, then it'll be yeah. like... Slug will be like, climbed over the side, closed his eyes, took a dive into his fame, inspiration for staying alive, swam to the shore, stepped upon land, walked up to a whore, grabbed her by the hand, and said, and then it goes with the chorus, let the wheels spin, let the room Yeah, what the fuck was that? And then fucking shoes. Which Oh yeah, shoes. Mm -hmm. I oddly, I I like the story at least a little bit, but what the fuck was this hook? Those are your shoes. These are my shoes. We've got issues. No. No. That felt so pretentious of like, I'm I'm hoping they were going for like obnoxiously pretentious. 
Like, it, the songs should have been sillier and cheesier, or at least more outlandish, if they were doing that. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it just doesn't fit. Like, it feels like something else should have been written there, but, like, with the way it's laid out, with how there's just, like, you know, a bit of silence and just, just the beat playing out afterwards, like, like he, it feels like he thought that was hot shit. Like, you, you've got your shoes, I got my shoes, but we've got issues and like mm. you seem like putting down the mic and like looking at you so like oh, that was, uh, you see how i did that uh, <laughs> you know <laughs> just raising his eyebrows at you huh huh <laughs> nah um, i ain't feeling and, you it know, I, we're, we're, <laughs> we're going a little hard on this because i didn't hate it as much i did enjoy like some of the tracks like in my continental like you said as it gets later on the album the, the tracks get a little bit more focused and enjoyable yeah uh, always coming back home to you um, that was the one where it was like, a kid brings him a gun, like, he comes up to him with a gun, and I'm thinking like, oh, is he gonna get, like, shot or something like that? And then it's like, no, mister, I found this gun, I need someone to take it away, I just don't want anyone get, to get hurt, and it's just like, yeah, fuck? like, it's just such a, like, this isn't a narrative that anyone would write a song about, <laughs> you it's know? Like, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's, it's just so weirdly done, because yeah, it starts off where he's, like, talking about, like, he's looking at these kids that have you know, uh, uh, th that are, like, into hip-hop and comic books, and he's like, oh, yeah, you know, that's really cool, those kids are into comic books, that's what I used to be into, and then he just, like, turns and, like, oh, there's a gun in his face, and then the guy, and then the kid's like, please take away this gun, mister, and throw it in a river or something, and it's just like, what, how does that relate? I mean, okay, like, I guess he surprised me by the fact that it wasn't a robbery, but now I'm just not sure what the story means, you know? <laughs> Yeah, it, it's very, it's very clunky. It, it's, it's a bit messy, just in general. Um, not even this song. I'm talking about the album, just in general. Yeah. Um, but it's not. It's got heart. Like it's not awful. Yeah. It's just w w there are good songs, but there's uh, like just enough like filler and stuff that feels pointless and stuff like that, where it it bogs the song down and the the blandness of the production makes it even less, like, worthy of forgiving those flaws, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm just like, but I'm not even enjoying, like, the ride overall, like, because I can take and leave every one of these beats, you know? There's a thing to be said about... The not fact everyone, that this, but, you know, yeah. That this isn't just, oh, yeah, it's Slug. No, it's Atmosphere. It's, it's a duo. So you got a rapper, and this producer's like, so, like, okay, oh, so... Wow. I'm supposed to be like look like, but that's not the feel of it, you yeah. know. Like, I'm, it's, I mean, it's not that standout. The, yeah, every now and then there's a nice like little guitar and stuff like that. It'll be like, oh, that's kind of cool. But there's nothing that feels like holy shit, you know. I, I he's like the fucking you know the DJ premiere or his guru, like, and I need to find like other production from him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. It's it's slug. Oh man, I didn't know this because. Bugs, I guess. It's uh, Slug and DJ Ant. Oh. oh. <laughs> you see? <laughs> mm. You know, uh, in their, uh, uh, you know, dancer who was with the group before he left, uh, you know, his, his name was fucking like, yeah, fucking uh, caterpillar legs or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fucking... spider legs. Yeah, <laughs> you, you you took just long enough trying to think of any fucking bug. You, you know that the thing is, caterpillar had, was not the payoff I was hoping. The funny for. thing is, I had spider legs, and then my brain blanked on what where I was going, and I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> caterpillar legs. Wait, no, fuck. 
Oh, shit. I was like, oh, no, I ruined the joke. It's too late. They've already heard it. Like, uh, look at me. I'm Caterpillar Legs McGee. I'm B-boying. Can't stop me. Two, legs are going so fast, you think there's like a hundred of them. Oh, but I'm okay. also pretty fat. Okay. You won me back. I'm, but, I'm with you. I'm with Caterpillar Legs. But, but I'm also quite fat. <laughs> um, what the fuck did you get for this album? Uh, I gave it a three. I, I got a two and a half. Let's go and talk about Randy fucking Newman. The Randy. goddamn... The dark Randy. horse. <laughs> the, who's who's that in the shadows coming to save this episode of the Going Off Fat Podcast? See, okay. Came in through the motor boat. Hey there, Rover. Come on oh, over. Oh, no. <laughs> That's the thing we need to talk about, Randy Newman, okay? <laughs> Randy Newman is in the display case with, hmm, Danny Brown mm. and some mm. other folks where if you just get past the voice... <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of good shit in there. And yeah. <laughs> the voice alone, I will completely admit, has turned me off and had me sp- distancing myself purposefully <laughs> from Randy Newman and his music uh, probably since Toy Story. Because I heard you've got a friend in me and thought, nope, I don't need to hear anything else from that guy. I'm good. I'm the opposite. I, I, I was like, I remember listening to You Got a Friend in Me, all those Pixar songs, you know, he did. And I always remember, like, oh, man, you know, this music sounds so good. It's so down home and, like, nice and fun. And then you listen to anything else he does, and it's like, oh, that's all he does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. all his music sounds like, you know, the the 1920s uh, country fair <laughs> type of See, shit. Yeah. I thought it was I thought it was really incredible that you're listening to this album and you're looking at it and it's like, oh yeah, the music he's fucking composing like with an orchestra backing him. Yeah, in '74. And, and you can't, yeah, you can't even front of that. It's like, wow, this guy's got a full orchestra. Wait, what? <laughs> like Randy New? Someone gave Randy Newman an orchestra? <laughs> I guess by '74 because he already had like. Two albums out, or three yeah, he before had uh, this? three albums. So he was established up to this point, and I think it was either after this one that "Short People" became his his big hit song, his big uh, novelty song. Everyone knows "Short People," and maybe to a lesser extent, his um his foray into the the big commercial hit single. I love L.A. We love it. Here's the thing about Randy Newman that I that I always hear. It's like his songs are, you know, they're really cheesy sounding, but there's always like some sort of like deeper thing that some ironic twist of, you mm. know, phrase or wit that's going on. Um, and with the I Love LA song, I always remember like hearing that song and be like, well, that didn't really sound like that. Like there's like one line about like, oh yeah, there's a bum over there, but for the most part, it's pretty cool. And it's like, well, I don't think. <laughs> That's not very good writing if that's the only line, you know? And hey, at least Randy Newman was able to write a song about Los Angeles and not be transphobic in it. He gets that <laughs> credit over True. Slug. Look at that. We're, you're, we're already uh, showing our bias over uh, who has the better album here. Uh, Dude, yeah, look, I gotta, I gotta say straight up, I really, really liked this album. And I did not think I was going to. Right. 
Like, like I said, uh, you know, uh, listening to the songs. Like I remember listening to Short People. Uh, that song when I was younger. My mom had the record, and uh, oh wow, yeah, <laughs> my mom has a bunch of like records, and it's so funny to be like, you know, you could tell like these were the big hit songs that everyone bought, you know, because it's like sure, I mean, because I have it. <laughs> no uh, reason. Exactly. I mean, you know, my mom has. I think my mom has the Millie Vanilli uh, <laughs> album too, and uh, Vanilla Ice is to the extreme. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. Um, so you know better than anyone what it's like doing the roni. D- doing the roni? <laughs> yeah, you having a roni? What the fuck? Have you ever heard having a roni? Uh, no. <laughs> Look up Vanilla Ice having a roni. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> what? D- does Rhodey mean something? I'm guessing it's regional slang, because I do not know what that means. I don't know what it's <laughs> like having a Rhodey, because I don't know what a Rhodey is. Ice. This, this feels like I, I I just did an episode about realize This feels like another one of those very like, topical. Yeah, like, very, like, white guy rapper thing where it's like, I'm saying this thing that's really, like, cool to say. I don't know what it means, but, (laughs) you know? There's a video, if you look on YouTube, of him doing that live, like, recently. What? He, (laughs) this is a requested joint? What? (laughs) Dude, the the fucking audience knew right away. They were like, yeah! (laughs) 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 Yeah! Everybody quick, get in here, he's having a rony! <laughs> oh fuck! What? What, is, what is having a rony, like, uh, turning into a robot? Like, what, what does that mean? <laughs> we haven't played this one but once the whole tour. Woo! Oh my god, I didn't think he was gonna do it, but then he did it! He's having a road. <laughs> uh, what the fuck are we talking about? <laughs> Randy fucking Newman, dude. Uh, so yeah, Randy. Uh, oh yeah, with the short people song. Yeah, I remember. Oh listen- yeah, I remember listening to that song and being like, "Oh yeah, the idea is that it's from the point of view of a guy who doesn't like short people." But it's like, how are you supposed to get? That, how am I like, supposed to know that, Randy? Like, if you hear the song out in the wild, you know what I mean? Like, how are you supposed to understand that, like, no, wait, guys. <laughs> you know, He just sounds and, like a weird ableist, dude. Uh, yeah, and, you know, I, okay, so I, I think uh, there's an interview I found where he was just like, I mean, I know what I meant, so I... <laughs> he, he was like... He was like, I feel bad for, like, you know, little little, you know, short kids or whatever that, like, get picked on the playground and stuff like that, but... I mean, I knew what I meant, so... (laughs) I knew I wasn't being ableist, and that's good enough for me. Next question. He says, it was a hit. The song reached people who aren't looking... Oh, yeah. Because it was a hit, the song reached people who aren't looking for irony. For them, the words mean exactly what they say. I can imagine being a short kid in junior high school. I thought about it before I let the record get out, but I thought, what the hell? I know what it meant. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> but but he says like the, the guy in the song is supposed to be crazy he, he was not supposed to be believed and like i get it in terms of like making a character piece you know like oh here's a, right. a, a collection of songs about these different types of like bigoted people or whatever yeah but it's like 
within the context of how the song lays out, it doesn't really make that clear. Like the first couple, like 30 seconds is just short people got no reason. Short people got no reason. Short people got no reason to live. Like, how was I supposed to get... But wait, guys, don't you understand I'm being ironic? Like, you know what I mean? Like, how is anyone supposed to get that? Like, So, it- so with this album, right? Mm. Um, Before you know oh, the wait, context... Should we, should we uh, say who, who requested it? Oh, yeah, I, I mentioned it earlier, but Purple, oh, right, Sh- right, right, but right. Pur- Purple Shaman uh, requesting Randy Newman Good Old Boys from 1974. Mm-hmm. Um, starts with the song Rednecks. Which... I personally feel like so you know with with the preamble that I put out with the the, the short people song I feel yeah. like that one like I understand it's very ironic but I feel like it doesn't do enough to make that clear this right. one I feel does yeah yeah <laughs> this one's a lot better written <laughs> because yeah um we'll we'll get to the exact context here but the album it's kind of a loose concept because it yeah. kind of comes and goes, um, but it's supposed to be uh, the songs, or at least some of them, are supposed to be told uh, from the point of view of this character Johnny Cutler, mm-hmm. uh, who is a who is a Southern man, a fucking titular good old boy, and the album kind of takes that phrase "good old boy" and just kind of plays it like you know, good really, hmm. We're gonna put that under a microscope, and Rednecks get it gets it right out of the way really early on. Man, so he comes out like with with, with the lyrics, uh, and you know you're in the you know the fucking oh god yeah, <laughs> uh, and he's like, uh, last night I saw Lit Max on TV show with some smart ass New York Jew. And you laughed at List Maddox, and the audience laughed at List Maddox too. And so that's why I really enjoy like him putting the name of like someone like this in in the song in a way that makes it clear of like you know oh all these people were laughing at this guy who represents me, but I think he's right. And uh, you know sure we talk funny down here and we drink too much and laugh too loud. Uh, uh, and we're too dumb to make it in no northern town, but we're keeping the niggas down. <laughs> And, man, when you hear that line, <laughs> you quite perk up. You're like, oh, what's happening? Your <laughs> like, eyes do if, definitely if, open at that one. It's like, if, I'm sorry. If, if you were lulled into a sense of complacency <laughs> upon yeah. listening to this album, <laughs> oh, boy, does it get your fucking attention. For context, he was referring to an interview on your boy, uh, Dick Cavett. Fucking Dick Cavett. <laughs> it always comes back to Dick fucking Cavett. And Johnny, the, the character the song is being sung from the point of view of, uh, doesn't really appreciate it. And he says, um, if they, the audience, uh, think they're better than him, they're wrong. And at first you're like, yeah, okay, where the fuck is he going? Because then he drops a fucking hard R in, like, the next line. And you're like, okay, okay. But then the chorus hits. Which is just classic <laughs> Randy Newman. We're rednecks, we're, we're rednecks. rednecks. Don't know our ass from the hole in the ground. <laughs> and it's like, but then, again, you're like, oh, man. yeah, haha, rednecks. Right, right. And it's exactly what he wants you to do. Because goddamn Randy Newman, he knows. <laughs> and then he fucking turns that mirror around. Flips it again. Oh. So we get to the the third verse that he says uh now you know the niggas a negro 
You see, he's got his dignity. Down here, we too ignorant to realize that the North has set the nigger free. Yes, he's free to be in a cage in Harlem in New York City. Oh. And he's free to be put in a cage on the south side of Chicago and the west side. And he's free to be put in a cage in Ho in Cleveland. And he's free to be put in a cage in East St. Louis. And he's free to be put in a cage. And like, as he's like doing these things that are sort of like breaking the form of like how the rhythm of yeah. the, you know, melody went before. Like, you're hearing like the buildup happening in the music behind him. So, and like, as you're like slowly realizing what the point he's making, he's like, oh, oh. <laughs> Your face just kind of sinks. Right. Oh, I, <laughs> it was just like, oh. yep, uh, you know, the, the northern people are less racist than us. They only keep black people in cages. They give them their dignity. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's right. <laughs> right. It's like, holy shit. Like, man, I was not expecting a song about, you know, uh, racist incarcerations from a 1974 album. <laughs> For Randy Newman to be all like super relevant to whatever the fuck is going on today, but here's the goddamn shit we are. Like you could easily apply the same thing about like Republicans and Democrats, honestly. Of like, oh, right. the Republicans are so racist, and then you look at a history of poli- of policies recently right. that Democrats put in play, and you're like, oh shit, they're not much better in this in this regard. <laughs> like, fuck, oh, <laughs> oh no, we've got our own issues. <laughs> shit, okay. So this is very, like, smartly written shit, right? But at the same time, like, as I'm listening to this album, <laughs> again, you like, I kind of, you know, enjoy the aesthetic for what it is, like, you know, especially when I was a kid listening to, like, Randy Newman's, like, music and stuff like that. And then, like, listening to this, I was like, wow, this really feels like... So I-, I guess if anyone wanted to hear, like, a Pixar Disney movie about a racist guy, <laughs> this is the soundtrack to that, <laughs> to that Disney movie they'd never make... <laughs> Because, like, that music still sounds like the fucking Monsters, Inc. fucking Toy Story. It still has the exact same vibe, yeah. Yeah, and that's why I love the uh, uh, Will Sasso uh, on Mad TV. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fucking... <laughs> fucking the 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 incredible untouchable Will Sasso uh, was like making fun of him, and I always remember being funny, like just seeing, you know, like oh yeah, you know, Will Sasso. Of course, he's on this comedy show. Of course, he's gonna make fun of the fact that he just makes the same song, and then it's just like hearing his actual music and be like. No, this motherfucker really is just writing the same shit. Like, and I remember the joke of like, you know, the fucking, uh, uh, yeah, I was writing music for different movies too, so I wrote one for Star Wars. You know, Star Wars, Star Wars, the Millennium, the Falcon, and the Star Wars, you know, like, <laughs> it's that same, like, very treacly, very sweet sounding music, but at the same time, because of the writing that's so, like, weirdly, like, it's these weird, like, character pieces from, like, a fucking, you know, 1800 Schumann song cycle or something like that. We're just like, oh, I actually have to, like, pay attention to what he's doing musically and how the musicality is informing what the story is about. And it's like, this is so weirdly fascinating, you know? Um, yeah, like, as, as the album just goes through and just hearing, like, what, how he's making this thing really means something so like it, it basically i wrote down uh one of my notes i was like i guess if i'm gonna listen to like you know uh paul mccartney you know freaking country fair music and i, I, I might as well have you know it might as well be saying you know f- fuck racists i guess <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> like <laughs> if i'm gonna listen to this music that sounds like you know rock before black music ca- came along <laughs> 
mainstream music before black people came along, basically. In a much more impactful way than Ebony and Ivory ever really did. Oh, right! <laughs> Can't we all just get along, everyone? Eh? Oh my god, because... Yeah, it's a lot more biting with how with how ironically sweet it, in syrupy parts of this sound. Because when you're listening to it, you're like, oh, wait, he, but he's trying to... Oh, fuck. So let's actually get into it with uh, um, some of these songs. Birmingham. So- <laughs> Birmingham. This is the most paint-by-number parody, make-fun-of-Randy-Newman-y-sounding song on the album, I think. Oh, yes. If Ray Charles was born in Birmingham, this is the song he would make. <laughs> And he, and it's, it's kind of, it, it's it's the first track, but less cynical, because it's still the same guy. He's talking about his job and his hometown and how he works in the factory and his wife, and it doesn't really get to the end of the song where, it, and even then, it's very subtle, where he talks about um his dog Dan. And he says, uh, Dan's the meanest dog in Alabama. And then he just ends with this little cheeky, get him, Dan. Yeah. And it's like, get who? Like, wait, who's he talking about? Get who, Johnny? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who are you sticking Dan on? And it's like, oh, I, I, was, I was vibing with this. I thought this was all right. And then it's just sinister at the very end. Like, it almost <laughs> made it. And it's like. Oh man, Johnny still sucks. I forgot he's still the guy from the first track. Shit. But it's something you could miss because oh, that just kind of sounds like he's being like you know cheeky, like oh he's a meanest dog in Alabama. Get him, man. You if, know, if you like, hadn't just listened to Redneck, yeah, right. you'd probably think it was more innocent than it is. But already with that precedent being set, it's like oh right, this guy's a racist. Fuck. Which at, at first I didn't like because his voice is a lot higher. I so like this like, song a lot. You did? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I, at first I didn't enjoy it. Uh, like I said, like his voice is a lot higher. He's working with a higher register. He, he repeats like certain lyrics. And at first I was like, why is he just repeat? Like, this isn't going anywhere. And then as I listened to it again, I figured out like, oh, this is still about that Johnny guy and how he, you know, feels about his wife. And, you know, the sort of toxic masculinity of, like, yeah. I can't, I don't really know how to express my feelings, but but I love you, uh, <laughs> you know, and it, like, because um, I remember, like, listening to the lyrics, again, if you listen to the song and aren't paying attention, like, this this could be on, you know, 70s soft rock radio, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Just mm-hmm. an, another song about, like, ooh, girl, I love you, Marie. Girl, I love you so much. You know, and like, there's a billion songs. Like, I, I mean, we uh, we do our uh, Twitch streaming on uh, uh, on my rap critic channel, and mm. we went through the '70s. And trust me when I say there's a billion songs that sounded like this. Yeah, <laughs> where it's just like this generic love song. But then as I'm listening to it, it's like, but wait, like the last half of the verse, these aren't loving things he's saying. He's like, I'm weak and I'm lazy and I hurt you so, and I don't listen to a word you say. And when you're in trouble, I turn away. I was like whoa <laughs> like when i got to that lyric like you know like that should have been the point where it's like hey i may be bad in some areas but when things get tough like you know that's what i care but just like no nope. oh yeah and yeah exactly not no i i kind of i'm not good at that either <laughs> you know and it's like but but i love you <laughs> johnny sucks dude yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and and so it characterizes the weakness of the way he's singing better, you know what I mean? So you're like, yeah. oh, it makes sense why he's sounding this, pre- you know, not preening, but just like, just weak and just like, uh, uh, what is the fucking word? Just like, 
whiny sort of you know not not necessarily whiny but just sort of like come on please Marie, I, 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 come on like just blubbering and you know what i mean because the first one he says oh you know i'm weak and i'm hard and it's like it's almost charming that right you know this guy he he has trouble really willing to putting, admit his faults you he, know he can't put it into words he has trouble expressing himself you know who doesn't from time to time we get it and then it's like Oh, there's probably a good reason for that because he's a really shitty husband. Oh no! Yeah, it's like it's like yeah. Once you say I don't listen to anything you say, anything. and when yeah. you're in trouble, I don't pay attention. Uh, like those oh, are some pretty big red flags right there. And, <laughs> That's and, not and, just and, a character flaw. <laughs> it honestly only gets worse for old Johnny because <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna skip only for the time being. Mr. President, have pity on the working man. Mm. Um. And and touch on guilty because it also sounds like like it could possibly be uh, Johnny uh, singing to Marie about how oh yeah uh, he just goes out and he just goes out goes and gets drunk and does drugs and he really wants that forgiveness though like come on Johnny hang it up those two songs. Like where the instrumentation like is very uneasy and yeah. odd, and you're like Ugh. you're not sure where things are going. And I think this song like ends in like unresolved like a uh, 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 chord progression. You know what I mean? Mm. So it's just like it's sort of like ooh, <laughs> like you're just like what the fuck is going on? You know? And, and that, that's where I started thinking about like a song cycle because like song cycles do that sort of shit where it's just like oh this key's not finished and then it finishes in the next song. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that sort of thing. Then Louisiana, 1927. Again, first time I heard this, like, there was that feeling of, like, the, here's another trickly song about a city that... How many cities is this guy from, alright? <laughs> it's, like, it's a fucking period piece. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, again, I was just like, oh, wait, Louisiana, 1927. Oh, he's specifically talking about something. Wait, the chorus keeps bringing up uh, how they're trying to wash us away? <laughs> Like, you know, at first you're listening to it, it has the sort of positive sounding uh, uh, key where yeah. it feels like, is this trying to, like, is he just trying to make, like, yeah, the Birmingham song where he's just trying to make, like, a, another sort of theme song sounding thing for the city. But there's so many lyrics that you can't ignore where things sound negative, where it's like, hey, there's these big city politicians ignoring what we're going through. Like, it just keeps bringing that up. And it's like, okay, yeah, that that's not a type of, that's not a song with the type of lyrics that gets, uh, uh, you know, uh, statehood recognition. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. When you're specifically calling out how the politicians don't care. <laughs> this track and uh, Mr. President Have Pity on the Working Man, I'm pretty sure are breaks away from... Uh, from Johnny, because we're in a different area now. We're in a different time. We're in a different mm-hmm. area. We're in Louisiana, well, 1927. We're not in Alabama anymore. I would barter that the Mr. President Have Penny on the Working Man is also part of it, too, because I, I feel like we can't... I feel like we have a problem, like, in general, with, like, distinguishing the idea of, like, hey, someone can be someone who's, like, you know, part of the proletariat and, you know, is needs to be respected and the unions and stuff like that, too, and it's still a racist douchebag who needs oh, someone sure. to call him out for his shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I so think I'm like, talking yeah. about the overall tone of it is more oh. more politically charged than the other ones. Oh, for sure. 
but but w- the way I felt was like I felt like it worked within the narrative as well because it's laying out this more fully fleshed character because you know earlier in the song earlier in the album he talks about how like yeah I have my you know my my job and I work on it all day and that's oh, what yeah. my life is and life is work and you know what I'm saying and so that's there's that point, feeling yeah. of like we've already set up this idea of like yeah this guy works a lot mm-hmm. and has to deal with this but you know he's probably a very close minded guy because he lives within you know a sector of society where it's you know your worth is your work and if someone takes your work away and they're a different shade you know what I'm saying yep. like. Mm-hmm. And and so it's like it's not that there isn't a, a class whatever analysis or whatever that you could put on it, but at the same time, it's like dealing with the reality that like this type of person is put in a society that uh uh basically allows them to see certain people as less than human. So it's not yeah. that they don't have concerns that aren't related to what a a black working man would also be concerned about as well. It's just that there is that historical division that's put in there you know that tells this person to hate you know what i'm saying right yeah to fucking blame others for their problems and and that's what i think is so clever about this album you know what i'm saying absolutely like it really does play into that and like it it plays into that like you know if you just wanted to make this guy a bad character all the way through you wouldn't have a song where he's like no but i should be respected as a worker you know it's like you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's true. Racist douchebags. Yeah, they should still be respected for their work too. I mean, if they're going in the worker mill, just you know, shut the fuck up. I don't need to hear your opinions. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> but like, they're not hey, the only yeah, person thinking lost... that way. They're not the only person who feels that way. Yeah, but if they lost their job based on like a fucked up, you know, business decision, you know, uh, some the billionaire owns the company is like, well, we'd make us two percent more in the quarter if we moved our business this way, and you know that guy loses the job. You know that still sucks for that guy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's more systemic. You know, exactly. Like, it like, yeah, it isn't I'm not just pitying this one guy. It's like, no, this is a really this is a big problem that affects like the whole factory, you know. Mm-hmm. I really like what they did here with um Every Man a King into Kingfish. I wasn't exactly sure because I didn't look up beforehand uh what Every Man a King was. But yeah, I, I wasn't I w- necessarily sure what was happening. <laughs> I was able to, uh, I was able to somewhat nail it from just listening to it because I thought it sounded like a, uh, like a fight song, like like a like a collegiate. Oh, like a sea shanty. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> um, and it turns out that I, I was half right. Uh, Every Man a King is, uh, was a campaign song for Louisiana Governor and U.S. Senator Huey the Kingfish Long. Uh, co-written in 1935 by the LSU band uh, director Castro Carrizo and Long himself. So this is a cover track, in a way, of a campaign song that the guy the next song is about wrote for his campaign. So it works as an intro to Kingfish, directly in stark contrast to the previous track, which is very, you know... That's what he wanted people to think of him. You know, this is my campaign song. This this is how I'm going to get elected. I'm going to write the song about myself, myself. And then Kingfish is a lot more uh, in-depth and critical. And the final verse uh, describes uh, one of his many uh, scandals. And I copied and pasted this. uh, As a candidate for governor, let long pledged to provide free textbooks to children and build roads. In order to provide funds, the state would impose an oil processing tax with a substantial amount of revenue coming from Standard Oil's Baton Rouge refinery. 
At the time, the Baton Rouge facility was one of the largest in the world. According to one state representative, Standard Oil offered as much as 20000 per vote against Long, which led to accusations that the opposition was, quote, bought. I want to know so much more about this guy because of this fucking song. Really painted him out and made it sound like such a fucking scumbag. Especially because of, like, how you said, the fucking chorus is so scummy. The king is so slimy. Naked Man isn't so substantial, I don't think. (laughs) Naked Man so threw me off. So, this was one of the singles, apparently, from this album? No fucking way. Is That's insane. a mistake. <laughs> they really so, wanted him to be a fucking novelty act. What the fuck? This and Birmingham were the singles from this album. What? And I'm, no. And I, yeah, exactly. I was like, what? Nah, <laughs> like, that's a mistake. Birmingham? No, you should have released that goddamn redneck. Man. <laughs> I would have lit up the radio stations. <laughs> Naked Man... I wrote down here is if the streak by Ray Stevens was written by Jimmy Buffett. It gets so weird in the third verse. Like, okay, so the whole song up to the third verse sounds like a fucking Adam Sandler like written song. Old lady, she lean against the lamppost, staring at the ground on which she stand. She look up and scream, pouring the lamplight's beam. There stood the famous naked man. You know, and it's like, oh, it's a naked, oh, it's a naked man. Look out for the naked man. Oh, look out for the naked man. Won't somebody stop the naked man? But then the music changes and gets, like, darker. And, like, you hear, like, you know, these flutes and your stuff going, like, and, like, you know what I'm saying? That, like, that suspense chord, you know? He runs up to this old lady and says, he, he said, they found out about my sister and kicked me out of the Navy. They would have strung me up if they could. I tried to explain that both of us was just lazy and, and we was doing the best we could. And he faked to the left and then he faked to the right and he snatched the purse from my hand. Someone stopped me, he cried, as he faded from sight. Won't nobody help a naked man? And it's like, wait, what? It's almost like it happened to you. You're still feeling. You're fucking reeling from. Okay, I'm sorry. He, I was, I was just. This naked man ran up to me, yelled a whole bunch of shit, and then stole my fucking purse. Now what happened? Dick the whole time because I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, exactly. Me. You're like, I'm sorry. What? And he. And then he's in the middle of telling me the sob story about how he committed incest and how he slowly went insane in the Navy. <laughs> like, what, what did I miss? And then he steals my purse and he says, why won't anyone help me? As he runs off. And then he just night. runs away. <laughs> so I'm not sure how that song fits into the narrative. <laughs> no, yeah, that one's a bit confusing. Um, it's, a, it's not my favorite cut, but I still liked it. Um... It does have so many similarities to The Streak by Ray Stevens with the old lady being warned about a streaker, uh, except in this case, yeah, steals a purse, and then just kind of ends on a, (laughs) well, stay tuned for next week for the continuing (laughs) adventures of Naked Man. Man. (laughs) As we last left the Naked Man, he just (laughs) ran away with a woman's purse. Begged for you know the military and the government to give better aid to uh to their veterans. A wedding in Cherokee County, however, this mm. might be my favorite cut on the album, dude. Oh yeah, fuck, I really like it, man. I 
I wasn't sure about what was happening. I don't know either. There's a marriage happening, and the guy's clearly not happy with her. No. It's like, but she's with me, so I guess this is who I'm with. And then there's a random part about a wolf. <laughs> the last verse is what, <laughs> again, like, he does the, these third verse splits where something just d- goes weird and changes and colors what's happening. Are you so talking like, about his mighty sword, Darren? Oh, man. <laughs> So he goes you are like, not about to laugh at his mighty sword, are you, Darren? <laughs> oh, come because on. No, everybody no, 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 laughs no, no, no. at his mighty sword. <laughs> so he goes like, I will carry her across the threshold. I will make them light. I will attempt to spend my love within her. Attempt. But though I try with all my might, she will laugh at my mighty sword. She will laugh at my mighty sword. Why must everyone and why must everybody laugh at my mighty sword? <laughs> like, what? When I got to that lyric, I was just like, what's happening? And, like, you're hearing the music, like, slowly building, just like, and you're just like, huh? What? What is, what is, like, because at first I'm getting the image of, like, this sword-wielding soldier, and he's just like, yeah, why is everyone laughing at me? What is, is my parents, is my fly down or something? <laughs> but then, and, like, listening to it again, you're like, oh, this is about... Oh, <laughs> little, uh, little erectile dysfunction there. <laughs> Homie needs the blue peel. I feel like every song, if you were just describing it on paper, it would sound normal until, like, the last sentence. No sentence in the description of the song would have anyone going, uh-huh, okay, yes, and... <laughs> yeah, exactly, you wouldn't be able to follow. Also, there's a wolf. <laughs> so I'm in a relationship with this woman who... Uh, what, like, I don't want to use the politically incorrect terms here, so I'll say, um, was like, her dad was a little person, her mother was possibly a sex worker, I I don't know from, and it's like, okay, so I don't know what that has to do with anything, but then it goes on to be like, I knew she would kill me if she knew how, it's a really unhealthy relationship, but she's crazy, and that's why I love her, like... Okay. Also, I can't... My dick can't get hard. Well, well, Randy, I was already confused. You didn't have to. (laughs) You didn't have to throw that one on there. (laughs) Can we talk about the other fucking weird fucking... (laughs) Back on my feet again. Back on my feet again! (laughs) Is like redneck again. Because what... How the fuck this song starts (laughs) makes no fucking sense to me. I hope this is Johnny again, because this guy's a dick. <laughs> no, I can't, because this guy's got money. This guy's got money, so it's got to be someone different. He's talk. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, I, I want to read it word for word here, so I know... Um, mm. I don't want to leave anything out of this one. Um, Doctor, let me tell you something about myself. Mm. I'm a college man, and I'm very wealthy. Mm. I've got no time to trifle with trash like you. <laughs> Because I must be about my business. I love that. My brother's a mechanist in a textile mill. And he makes more money than you ever will. (laughs) It's like, uh, alright, thanks. It's like, well, you didn't have to to be rude. But then... I feel like you're doubling down on this. (laughs) But then without any warning, just decides, let me tell you a story about how fucked up my family is. Because now that I'm on this topic of how much money my uh, my brother makes, I gotta tell you a, a, a story about my sister. You see, wait, you gotta do the voice. You got. <laughs> uh, my sister dances up in Baltimore. 
a small cafe on Maine, but she danced off with a Negro from the Eastern Shore. <laughs> Doctor, she don't even know his name. Gotta get back on my feet again. Back on my feet again. Open the door and set me free. Get back on my feet again. All right. Now back to my story about my weird sister. Okay. So he took her down to Mobile on on a railway on a railroad train. He said, "Driver, take me to the Hotel Paris." He went to the washroom, washed his face and hands. When he come out. He was as white as you and me. Oh. He's got this doctor on the edge of his seat, you see. Oh, the, the plot thickens. Girl, I ain't a Negro. I'm a millionaire, and you can plainly see, so many women were after my money, but I'm proud to say, you were only after me. <laughs> so the ruse <laughs> is kaput. You've passed the test. The test of me being a black man. In blackface. You weren't racist. And for that, I'm going to teach you how to play polo and how to water ski. Water you ski. won't have to dance no more. And I no longer have to pretend to be a Negro from the East. How long? How long are you keeping this ruse up? This long con. This grift. How long have you just been putting on blackface? There's only one way to prove true love. Why it's would with I blackface? Every woman in this town is racist. So <laughs> the curse, the burden I have to bear, the punishment I impose on myself is that I have to put blackface on every day until <laughs> until I find the one not racist woman in this town. Walks out of the bathroom. Poof! The prestige! I'm white! Ha <laughs> ha! I've been white the whole time! She's not racist towards black people, and now I can reveal that I'm white, and we won't have any other trust issues after that. <laughs> no! Not at all! We're good! You're set for life, and I'm never ever gonna play any extremely intricate pranks on you ever again! And possibly racially insensitive, Frank, sorry. And anyway, doctor, doctor, what do you say? How about letting me out today? Ain't no reason for me to stay. Everyone's so far away. I gotta get back on my feet again, now that I just told you this whole random-ass story, apropos of absolutely nothing. You didn't ask. Roland's okay. Um, Roland? It's the one with the least, like, there's no real commentary in it, but... In an album that's full of, like, songs where it's just like, oh god, what's the twist this time? Oh no, what's happening this time? It was actually kind of a welcome, sort of like, no, it's just sort of like a really chilled out thing about this guy who just doesn't really understand his place in life. But you know what? Fuck it. He's having a few beers and he's he's kicking back, you know? Like, as his existence, you know, goes on or whatever. The, the fucking curtains close on Johnny as he just... He, he just drinks his problems away. <laughs> As he continues to be this person. Yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> you like, know? cool. Exactly. And so I guess that in and of itself is supposed to be the uncomfortableness. <laughs> like, this this man is in your country. <laughs> and he Boeing. didn't learn anything. <laughs> the end. <laughs> oh, man. God damn it, Randy Newman. But, I mean, it is actually, it, like, it's a solid fucking groove, though. At the it end. really like, is. I'm not gonna lie. 
Like I really enjoyed it. Out of the out of the context of everything else we've heard up to this point, it is exactly. a really it's a nice palate cleanser and it's it's a nice way to end the album. It's kind of on an up note. If again you pay you don't pay attention to any context of anything that up that led up to this point. Right. Um overall I ended up giving it a four. Um, but I don't know, man. It's a pretty strong recommendation for me. I give it a three and a half. Oh. Yeah, the treacliness just... Oh, no, man. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> I was fine with that. I was I was like, able it, to just it's deal one of those with that shit. That it, like, as I listen to it art, uh, uh, artistically, and I'm able to understand, like, the purpose of the treacliness, I can appreciate it on that level. But in terms of, like, wanting to listen to an album where it's like, I want a little bit more variation, you know what I'm saying? I want a little sure. bit more shit that just, like, pops. you know. But at the same time, like, you know, I rate it above a three, right? Like, you know what I'm oh, saying? Yeah. Like, it's not like, whack, it's not, it's definitely not average. But yeah, de- it does feel like there are a lot of, um... See, I can't even say that, because I, as I look through, like, each song, it's like, it's not that there's not, uh importance to them individually but that's because of the writing and not necessarily because of the music on all of these you know what i'm saying yeah and the music again feels like disney pixar's you know uh uh, american history x you know (laughs) (laughs) but hey uh that would be a lot better and more honest of a story than uh fucking hamilton so Uh hey i'll go with (laughs) oh you see how we brought it back around that's right, guys. Uh, Randy Newman is uh, is a more respectable artist uh, uh, concerning race relations in his art than <laughs> li- uh, the Puerto Rican-born uh, uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda. Ain't that a bitch? <laughs> Fear not, offgoers will always find a way to shit on Lin-Manuel Miranda. Don't you worry. <laughs> you can listen with ease in knowing that no matter what we're talking about, we can effortlessly... Bring it on back, full circle, to your boy, Lynn. Yeah, you'll be going, Tim Gain in the membrane. Oof. <laughs> I st- it's God so bad. damn because, it. Like, specifically I hate because that, that guy so was, much. Like, that dude was such a milk toast, like, nothing of a, like, guy. And so to be like, oh, we're putting a little hip-hop in it. Uh, don't you like him now? And it's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> he didn't do anything to deserve that, Lynn. That's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. He doesn't even get the reference, Lynn. <laughs> he doesn't even know why you're saying he, that. He can't even name the album you're referencing. He wouldn't know what the fuck you're saying. He doesn't get it. Why are you wasting these gems, this gold, on <clears throat> fucking Tim Kane? Anyway, uh, that about does it for this week's episode of the Going Off Podcast. Surprise! We recorded another one. Um... Mm. I think Surprise, I should probably... motherfucker! Hard eyes, motherfucker! <laughs> I think I should probably explain, because, uh, as we last left you, um, I said we were gonna probably take a two, uh, two-month break, and I know quarantine has a lot of people, um, kind of losing track of time, uh, days feel like weeks, weeks feel like months, but, um... Things change, time passes by, as the weeks become the months become the years! Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, um, it has not been two months it has only been uh two weeks in fact and uh upon reflection uh after having worked my uh, my overtime hours throughout the week and i thought i would not have time for the podcast uh i was wrong 
And, uh, yeah, I think we'll be a-okay. Um, I originally was like, hey, you want to play it by ear? But nah, I think I got it. But on the topic of requests, and seeing as how we did two of them this week, I would like to tell you that if there is an album that you would like to hear us talk about on the show, you just got to head on over to uh, ko-fi.com slash going off. That is ko-fi.com slash going off. That's G-O-I-N-O-F-F, and it is a one-time $40 pledge. Uh, and we will review an album of your choosing. And if there's an album that you had made yourself, we will review it for 50 uh, that should be all on the page laid out, so if you have, uh, if there was something that you put your blood, sweat, and tears into metaphorically, and you'd like to hear our thoughts and critiques, uh, 50 bucks. Um, the pledges have not stopped, uh, <clears throat> the requests have not stopped coming in, we've still got quite a good bit, uh, to get through, but, um, I think we could do it. I, I don't, I don't think we're gonna have a problem getting to all of them so if you've been waiting for a minute i mean at this point our show has to go on into perpetuity because <laughs> we're <laughs> depending on like we put out these episodes in a certain amount of time and i mean there's no limit for the amount of time it takes for different people to request things so <laughs> all our links to our twitters and kofi and patreon and youtube and uh twitches and all that uh, is in our link trees uh, provided in the uh, description. So with a simple click, you can find out where all of our shit is. So you can stay abreast to all the goings on. Never miss a single prod uh, project or um, tweet or update. You'll always stay in the loop. For the Going Off Podcast, until next time, I'm Muse. And I'm the Rap Critic. And... Let them go and all boys go deep. They walking down the road. Left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot. <laughs>